Hey everyone, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club. I'm your host, Joel Edwards. I don't feel like I said that right. Host? Host? I think they both work. (laughs) 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 And I'm here, you know, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. We're gonna be doing these from now on, hopefully, with me together. Hello everyone, I guess I'm your co-host, or co-host, like Joel said. My name is Funsha, and um, I'll be doing this uh, the Moonlighters Club from now on. We're best friends, so that's how, where that connection comes from. And she's been a big help in getting the website right, the post out, getting followers, getting users. Doing all the hard work, pretty much, exactly, right? Now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't really do much, uh, yeah. except drink wine while I talk to people. <laughs> just try to sound smooth on the microphone. Um but let's get right back to it. We've had some really good feedback. We'd like to thank everyone who listens and who downloads. Uh, this thing is starting to pick up steam. We want to keep giving you great content by introducing you to great people. And we found another great person, someone by thank the name you. of thank John you. Simmons. That's me. John, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having it's, me. It's been about Appreciate three it. months of us talking <laughs> before we could get you to come here. But thank you. So, let's just get this thing started. John, where are you from? Let's get a little background information. Where are you from? Um, Originally, I'm from Brunswick, Maine, a really small town on the coast, about 30 minutes north of Portland. Um, I currently am in Boston working with you, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so I I went to college in Boston uh, at Emerson right uh, down the block, and now I'm here, so yeah, awesome. that's who I am. Nice, man. Uh, uh, do you miss Maine ever? Yeah, I love Maine. Really? Yeah. I've been to Portland once. It was the greatest. It's the best city. I think one of the best cities I've ever been to in my entire life. The food was just ridiculous. Portland is our like people call it a city, but it's like sixty thousand people proper, which is like a block of Boston. Yeah, it's pretty small. I feel like the whole Northeast is really it's just one state. Yeah. Like, this is, we're just Texas. We're good Texas. Yeah, the weird thing about Maine is its population is not increasing anymore. Really? Wow. Because so many young people are leaving to go to, like, other places where people live. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, we have a population issue. Nice. we got to get some people out there. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, people are, people are dying. <laughs> anyway. Sounds great. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's talk about Emerson. Let's, uh, what, when you got to Emerson, what was your major? Uh, I studied creative writing, actually. Nice. Um, but I also did classes at Berkeley, um, College of Music, through the Pro Arts Consortium. So nice. I did, like, uh, songwriting classes at Berkeley and that's, stuff. That's pretty cool. dope. Yeah, and so th- those, I guess, were my two, like, main passions in college were creative writing and also uh, music. Nice. People don't know this. I used to play saxophone for years. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I was actually pretty good. <laughs> I just didn't, like, I would get beat up. I was, like, a half-jock, half-nerd, half-just-weird kid in high school, and I got to play with Tito Puente one time. No way. Like, no, no way. My mom's the only one who has a picture. Where? I have braces. We were at Berkeley. It was funny. We were, it was for the All-City Jazz Band, and, uh, so, this professor, not professor, this teacher at Boston Land Academy started. So it was a bunch of us from different high schools in Boston, brought us together. Berkeley was hosting something with Tito Puente. So he's like, just somehow hooked it up where we could go down to some master class, and it's Tito Puente. And as a teenager, I didn't really like, I appreciate it. Like, Did you know who he was? I knew who he was. I definitely knew, like, Oye Como Va and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, I didn't appreciate it until I saw him on The Simpsons, and I was like, "Yo, I met that dude." And then people were like, "You met a guy who was on The Simpsons? <laughs> He's a cartoon. <laughs> He's a real person." How is that possible? But I used to love going to Berkeley, man. It was like the studios, like just being in that environment. It was weird taking classes at Berkeley because, like, I would show up like 
you know, like a normal person, like five, 10 minutes early to class and no one would be there. And then it would be like 10 minutes after class started and everyone would like shuffle in, like including the professor. Yeah, musicians. That's the worst. Like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, where is everyone? And then at Emerson, like, I'd show up like five minutes before the class, and they were like halfway through the class. No. <laughs> so let's get into it. Get out of school. What do, you, what do you do for a living now, and how would you get into that from Emerson? What sparked your interest? Um, so, I mean, right now, I'm the managing editor of uh, Skyward's digital publication, The Content Standard. Um, but beyond that, um, I also am a freelance writer for uh, Monster and for uh, Sound of Boston, which is a music publication, in, in a local music publication in Boston. Um, how I got there, the first job out of school was terrible. It was with a, a company that did like education management, um, basically like testing the hell out of kids and not really thinking about what education actually meant. Um, And (laughs) I totally disagreed with their mission and philosophy, but I, like, stuck it out for a year because, like, I was told throughout school, like, whatever you do, like, do it a year year and just, like, hate your life for a year and then you'll be like, okay, I'm a different person now. Um, So I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that, I quit and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I wanted to get back to music and writing in some way. Because I was like a Salesforce like administrator for this company, right. doing like a mission that I did not back at exactly. all. So okay. it was like hell for like two different reasons. Um, and I knew I wanted to get back to writing and music. So I hit up uh, the Boston Globe um, and I saw that they had like an entertainment writer position open. And the guy got back to me and he was like, like, we just filled it, but you should contact Sound Boston. Um, and the editor-in-chief of Sound Boston, Kanar, had just recently interviewed this guy um, for Sound of Boston, since he did, like, the music reviews for the Boston Globe. And uh, Kanar was happy to have me, and, like, I started writing for Sound of Boston, and then that sort of, like, spun into other writing opportunities with Monster, um, and then eventually I applied to Skyward. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So, the freelance bug, like, how, how'd you know it was that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, how do you get the gumption to just go ahead and be a freelancer? I feel like that's one of the toughest things you can do, because you have to subject your work to judgment. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, definitely tough. Um, honestly, this might not be a popular answer among writers, but I think it's, it's really tough being a writer and making money today Um, and a lot of people sort of like just take what they can get to to get by like you go to school for your passion me I love creative writing I I wrote short stories and poetry in college so like attach a zero dollar price tag to that (laughs) 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 Um, you you know what I mean and then like you sort of get a couple things going you get a gig or two and then you start writing um and then opportunities just come off of those. Okay. Um, so I've, I've never been like a full-time, um, I've never tried to make a business out of my freelance writing, right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like that whole time I was writing for Monster and, and Sound of Boston, I knew that I needed and wanted to get like a full-time job eventually. Right. Okay. Um, but that said, I still do those two things today. 
So it's not like I was just doing those to like get the next opportunity. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I love I love writing and, right. and music. So like those are very important to me still. Nice. Yeah. Well, then speaking of writing, we deal a lot with writing at the company we work at, Skyward, which is an amazing company, amazing leadership, color schemes. It's just great. Yeah. Most importantly, let's just go over. What do you? What's like your day to day here at Skyward? I know we deal with writers. We deal with writing. What kind of stuff do you have to do on an eight-hour plus basis when you're here? Um, yeah. So the cool thing about my job is it's sort of like half creative and half analytical. Okay. Um, so I'm like part content strategist and part like editor. I want to say. Yeah. Cool. Um, so with the content standard, um, which is, again, like I said, Skyward's like digital publication, our media site, yeah. um, we work with a variety of freelancers and in-house uh, Skyward employees uh, to write you know, really compelling stories around marketing, creativity, and, and storytelling um, to, to bring in leads for the company. It's cool to actually see, like, okay, we produced all these stories, and they're, they're generating business for the company. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty cool to think. Cause like out of college, I would never have thought that, you know, big brands would value writers yeah. so highly. Yeah. Right. Um, it didn't seem like possible to me, but now that like I'm in the industry, there's definitely a lot of momentum behind it, which is really cool to see. Nice. How long did it take you to, to buy in? Uh, <clears throat> one thing that was weird for me when I go from job, I'm very cynical. No matter where I work, I'm yeah, like, look, I'm here. I, I can like people. But I'm not. I'm not a robot. Like I check, yeah. you know, this whole way to get some machine yeah. type deal. Did for it sure. take a while for you to go? Yeah, I know you guys say this is different. You respect people, but I don't know. Like, what was that process like? Um, yeah, but I definitely I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm cynical too. Um, what made it really easy for me to buy in was the people I work with. Okay, are yeah. awesome people here at Skyward. Um, you know it. Honestly, like I love coming to work every day because of the people. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's like that's even almost more important than the like work we're doing. It's funny to say, but like I love spending time with the people here. Yeah. Um, and you know, not all of the like work we're doing is is going uh, like ruining like people's lives by like empowering like the big like big brother right yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like if you actually like go by like case by case basis it's like really not that bad so nice. um, yeah cool so how strenuous can your days get like what like, is it I honestly have no idea what you guys do I just know you do a lot of stuff and you're consistently in meetings are your days just packed most and of the time and you guys like travel a lot right like yeah so what is it is your schedule just super duper crazy working with in this specific department with that specific mission in mind? Are you guys just all over the place? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, it depends on, like, um, who you're talking to. Jen travels a bunch, obviously, because she's, like, our, our events manager. Um, I travel occasionally, probably, like, four or five times a year, I want to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of meetings. We're always, since, you know, pub we publish two stories a day. Yeah. Okay. So... There's a lot of, like, strategy that goes into that. We always want to be monitoring, like, what's working and what's not working. Really? Okay. So we have weekly meetings, um, you know, more than one kind of meetings, strategy meetings, pitch meetings, stuff like that, review meetings. Um, 
meetings, meetings. Yeah, right. It's about meetings. <laughs> meetings about meetings. Meetings that meetings. Meetings. Yeah. 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 work, meetings that don't work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty packed, but like we definitely schedule in time, just like focus on our work too. Nice. So do you have? Is this? Do you have a switch? Like, does this kind of bleed into your? And not even in a bad way. This is bleed into you being at home. Do you find yourself just working on stuff just out of like, yo, I have no problem doing this right now or saying, how often do you see those two worlds merging and working here um, at this company? Yeah, um, I've thought about this a lot um, and it's different for the like various things that I do outside of work, yeah. like how mm-hmm. far, how like my full-time job impacts those things. So <clears throat> for like, I, I create beats, like like you know All right um and so when i get home from work i i do that a lot because it's very different than what i do here at skyward uh, really? it's just, you know it's straight music there's not much writing involved with creating beats um from like a fiction or non-fiction standpoint right. <laughs> <laughs> it's music yeah. um so I, like i get home and i i want like a, a different kind of like creativity um so i i often find myself like getting home and like the first thing I turn to is my keyboard, not nice. necessarily like interviewing a rapper for Sound of Boston or writing an article for Monster. Those things I do on like the weekend usually. Like I find time like Saturday afternoon yeah. mm-hmm. before going out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, but yeah, but like during the weekday, I'll, I'll get home and, and just want to like do music. Now, before I get into that, let's where the music passion come from? Because I feel like most people like music just. Because it is what it is. Like, it's great. But there are a few people who are like, just, where, what age? Like, how, where did that come from? So you're like, yo, I got to be around this. Like, so I always, this. yeah, so I always had a piano growing up. Um, and my first, my parents are both, my, my whole family is really artistic. So my mom is a, an author and illustrator. Uh, okay. cool. And my dad runs a nonprofit classical music festival. Nice. Right. <laughs> my, sister's a, my sister's a printmaker. Okay. <laughs> my grandmother's a painter. And like, it just goes on and on. So, like, I have a really, I guess, creative... It's in your blood. Yeah, it's in my yeah. blood, I guess. Um, but we always had a piano growing up. I started out doing classical, and I did that for, like, three, four years, and I hated it. That's the worst. And I was like, this is really boring. And then uh, I quit, um, and then I went... I got into high school and um, I started getting into like classic rock and um, some, some more like piano like driven stuff like Billy Joel and Elton John and yeah. Jackson Brown. Nice. Um, and so I started to like learn some of those songs and I got a new teacher who was willing to teach me like the songs I wanted to learn instead of classical music. Um, and so we worked on all that good stuff and I sort of like got back into music. So I knew, like, going into college, I wanted to find a place that I could do both creative writing and music. So that's that's what appealed to, to me about Emerson. That's insane. So did you, like, double major, or was uh, the music more like a minor? It was a minor. Minor, okay. um, what's What was weird is Emerson didn't count my Berkeley classes toward the music minor. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of backwards. Yeah, yeah it's kind of backwards. Kind of messed up, yeah. Um, definitely more qualified professors at Berkeley (laughs) for music (laughs) I would hope so I'm glad you said that we're because 
most people who have passion, let's say music or like sports, everyone's trying to do the main thing in that, right? So yeah. everyone who likes music, say rap, wants to be a rapper or a singer, wants to be a singer. And if they don't wear it, then they're like, all right, I'll be a manager or something else related to it. How do you add writing? Because writing is so hard. Like, we, I write paragraph, paragraph blurbs for the podcast. It takes me three days to come up with something. Snazzy. <laughs> like, like it takes yeah. forever and like well, I have a great appreciation for people who do it well I just can't do it so how do you get to the point where like not only are you good at it like you and you can do you enjoy it you know what I mean like how, how why do you enjoy writing <laughs> why do I enjoy writing hmm. um that's a good question I think I mean there are obviously like different types of writing yeah um yeah. and what I'm doing now is definitely different than what I did in college like short stories there are definitely similarities Um, but I think it just comes down to you really like language and understanding people's motives you're you're almost a psychologist you almost have to be a psychologist to be a writer you have to understand what motivates people what people want what people fear what people love to create like amazing characters and scenarios and plots right um, so I, I guess I've always been like really perceptive as a person, just like always like noticing and like almost judging people and like taking note of it and then like writing it down and like creating characters based off like parts of people in real life. Yeah. Were you big um, into reading when you were younger, or did you always just like writing? Did the reading lead you to like, oh, I actually want to create the stories instead of just reading them all the time? Um, I think I I was never. It's weird. Like I was never a big okay growing up but my parents my mom particularly always read to me mm-hmm. when I was a kid like before bed literally every single night she read to me so I feel like that sort of impacted me on the long run okay. um, and then in high school I, I became more of a reader I want to say and then college even more so uh, but yeah growing up I played baseball and like that was my main thing okay <laughs> that's so right. interesting that you say the psychology thing like I was expecting the answer like yo I, I like words yo you know like it's just <laughs> really simple words uh, speak to me so when you write uh, uh, let me just at the sound of Boston yeah uh, what's sound of Boston about because I want to talk to you about the stuff you write and the purpose and your mission when you write but let's just start with the actual company that you do a lot of work for so sound of Boston uh, was founded in 2013 um, by two Tufts students, um, and then I joined in 2014. Nice. Um, but Sound of Boston, there was essentially, they noticed like a need for uh, coverage of local music to Boston. There were various like media sites in Boston, there are today, yeah. um, that cover some local, but also a ton of like national uh, music news and, and reviews and stuff. So there wasn't like a site dedicated toward... Um, only local music. Uh, so they, they took that into consideration and started Sound of Boston. Um, and we cover, we do cover like punk and metal, but more so we're focused on like hip hop, funk, indie rock, uh, okay. some of the more like pop genres. Yeah. Um, as opposed to something like Austin Pudding, which you may or may not have put, heard of, which is basically basically mostly local but they focus on like garage like punk music so there was that like need for us to, okay. to start that yeah um and yeah i've done a lot of interviews with um people touring in the city 
local bands. We, we have like a local spotlight where we interview a band um, and like get their story and um, it's almost like a profile, like a feature of yeah. that artist. Um, yeah, so it's, that's, it's one of my uh, main passions right now. What's your schedule like? What do you mean? What's on the Boston? Like how demanding is it? How many hours do you day or it's I mean it's definitely like up to me some okay. weeks I'll do nothing at all and other weeks I'll like publish two stories yeah. so it's totally up to like um, it's all volunteer based okay. okay it's not like an actual business unfortunately right now um, just we, like this this is this is yeah this yeah. is passion but but that said like the event we threw at Brighton Music Hall um, like we were paid for that uh, so we, we get we have like gigs on occasion that um, we do get paid for, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly everyone is passionate about music um, and something else. Like we have photographers; they love photography and, and music. They live in Boston. Nice. Um, in my case, writing and music and photography also. So this is interesting. This is like all like we've had a lot of people who may have businesses that aren't profitable yet, like myself are people who are in that range yeah we all have passion but this this is interesting because it's it's all passion you know what I mean like yeah. it's all about that what is it like you said there are weeks or there may be a week where you don't do anything right maybe you're really busy what are those weeks like like do you look back on it like shit I should have been you know what I mean doing this or like ah like what's it like if you're away from this for an extended period of time for any reason yeah, um, I definitely have those, like, down weeks where I'm like, shit, like, <laughs> I should have been doing something <laughs> related to my passion this week. Um, I think we all have those. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm, I guess I'm lucky in that I have more than one thing that I really, really love to do. Yeah. So, like, in the weeks that I'm not writing for Sound of Boston or, like, have an interview with, like, Delta Funky Homo Sapien or, like, someone like that... Um, I sit at the piano and, like, work on a beat. And the weeks that I don't do that, I, like, write a poem. You know what I mean? Nice, man. So there, I definitely have, like, various outlets where, like, if one, like, if one pipe is clogged, it's going down the other pipe. Yeah. Um, so it's, That's a great analogy. So, with that said, you do a lot of different things. I didn't know you made beats literally until right now. Um, what? Because I know where your writing goes. Um, when you do make beats or you write poems, what? What's the goal for that stuff? Maybe you need to have an end goal, but. Do you just do it just to get the creative stuff out and you save it? Do you share it with people? Or is it kind of just like, no, I just need to, I like doing this, so I'm just going to do it and stash it. Um, yeah, so for writing for a while, um, when I was mostly freelancing, it was to like get that writing placed in various publications. Yeah. Um, which I've had some success at. Nothing crazy like New Yorker or stuff like that, but like... Um, I've definitely had like short stories and, and poems placed around the country, which is kind of cool. That's pretty dope, yeah. man. Um, but beats wise, um, I have I've uh, I have ambitions for them, but it's hard because I think I'm more critical of my music than I am my writing. So I'm, I'm like a super perfectionist with it. So I'll, I'll make it and I'll like spend <clears throat> in some cases like over a year on like a beat. 
I'll just never want to like put it out or like try to do something with it. Right. Just because I'm, I don't, I want it to be perfect. Yeah. I don't want people to love it. I think that's, I'm I'm glad you said it. Is it, when you think about artists and rappers and singers, it's like, who is this stuff for? And I remember asking somebody before, like, about the rapper. She's from Belgium. And I'm like, who's, who do you make this stuff for? Because I feel like if you listen to music a lot and you know music like you do, then you know what great is and you know what bad is. You yeah. know what you like, yeah, exactly. you know what a bunch of people like and what's like commercially successful. Yeah. So when you're making it for yourself, like how do you, like, is it, are you making this stuff to eventually be heard by a lot of people and that's why you're truly critical of it? Or is it just like you've heard so much greatness that you, you just listen to it like, mm, I could do better. Or there's better out there. That's definitely part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like there's, yeah, I listen to so much great music. Like right now, you know, Anderson Park is one of my favorite artists. Yeah, he's awesome. Amazing, he's really amazing, good. amazing musician. Uh, Tribe's new album, I've been digging, um, and I, I listen to stuff constantly. And I sit down on the keyboard, and I'm like, "Well, game's over." Trash. I guess I'll go writing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I'll I guess I'll write my poems. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely part of it. But at the same time, like. I think I've almost like grown up a little bit in the, that I don't expect to become like I think we all like start out with a passion we're like well I'm going to be a superstar I'm right. going to be the yeah. best yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, and at some point you realize like maybe not <laughs> <laughs> but I can still love it and like find joy from it and like create with other people and like have it be a part of my life still um, it's like it's still a value to me. It like has worth, even though like I realize I'm not going to be upper echelon. Right. You could do so many things with it. You know, it's just like you be. It's the fame factor and then the money factor. But I think the older you get and the more stuff you do, it's a self worth. You realize like there's certain things you do during the day where you just feel good about yourself, and it's so hard to find those moments when you're like <laughs> yeah. on the train or you're at work. Yeah. But when you do something on your own, like. Like, I did something, like, I just moved into a townhouse I grew up in, and I, like, fixed a light bulb or something. <laughs> it, like, no mommy needed. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I felt good. So I could see it. Like, I don't, I kind of envy creative people because I can, like, do kind of brainstorming businessy type things, but I've never had the knack for creation. Yeah. And I think it's one of, I think if you can just do it, you should just do it until the day you die. Like, just for the fact that you have the actual skill. And you don't want it to go away. And yeah. You want to not practice it. I'm like a super fickle person too. Like, there have definitely been points of my life for extended periods of time where I'm mostly doing creative things. And like that time after college that I quit that horrible job, <laughs> I, I, did, I mostly did creative things for like a year. And I, I think I created a lot of cool stuff, like got stories placed around the country, like had momentum yeah. like yeah. in life. But then like at some point I was like, well, like, I'm pretty poor and I need a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, reality yeah. sets in. Yeah. Um, reality sets in, and, and I'm like, well, I guess I should just be a businessman now. Yeah. Um, and then, like, after a while of being a businessman, you're like, I guess I should go back to being a producer for rappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it all turned like, up. I'm, like, mm, I'm just going to go back to the trap music. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was watching the TV show, I can't remember what it was called. And there was a bunch of, like, a guy in Venice, and he, like, ran a simple shop, and I'm all over the place, but this guy <laughs> ran this very simple shop, and 
he would do that during the day, had enough to pay his rent, had enough to get food, lived in a nice place in a nice area. He didn't have crazy outworld aspirations. He was happy doing what he did. If you could creatively work on, like, like work on your passions, right? You're writing music, making music, um, and you don't travel the world or you're not in private jets, but you can support yourself. You don't have to actually work. Like, you have means. You're good to go. Would you be happy with that if you got to do your passion, like, every single day or as much as you wanted to do it? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I It's hard to see that as, like, a reality, though. No. In a lot of ways, like, I feel like that's so far away. It's hard to just, like, dive headfirst into that, like, mentality. No. Thinking, like, well, I'm just going to do it until I can sustain myself off of it. Right. That's, yeah. like, the hardest barrier, I think, for, like, any creative to crack. Really? Yeah. I, in my opinion, just, like, you talk to anyone who's in a creative profession. For example, my mom. She is a children's book author. That's her passion. She's an il- She illustrates her books, too. Okay. Um... She kept a, a bag, one of those like garbage bags, those like twenty gallon garbage bags of rejection letters, and this was back. Wow. This was back when like everything was print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it weighs like thirty pounds of just rejection letters of all the stuff that she was sending to all these big publishing houses, and she brings that around when she's like speaking to people, um, just about like how long it took to be able to achieve success in her mind of like being able to make a career out yeah. of your passion yeah. this is how many literally decades it's crazy wow. that's um, crazy so like when I think of that and like when other people think of that that can be like a huge roadblock that deters people from actually pursuing their passion Nick what do you think happens when most writers do they just work you know what I mean like is there a sweet spot in a period where you do it or are you just like work our old weird cat lady who writes occasionally <laughs> they're definitely both yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my case <laughs> old weird cat lady. definitely <laughs> you know that's unfortunate because like you go to school for liberal arts and like some other thing you're supposed to do a major that's the purpose of a major and a minor to be able to follow a passion and yeah. follow something. but I feel like now we're all just like funneling into some business aspect of it and yeah. we're just unhappy yeah, like <laughs> both of us, we both went to business school. I went to business school. Yeah. And it was just the driest, like, the classes were really dry. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like business. I went to business school to, like, I'm going to be the guy on Wall Street. Let right? <laughs> like, me buy my hair grease now. And, like, I, and it, I just remember it was just not, I learned a lot, but I, unless I had, like, a, a an elective I had to take, I never got to engage in any really interesting discussions. Like, mortgages aren't interesting. Like, no. you know, like, accounting's not interesting to me. Uh, business plans are interesting. I'm just doing right. You know yeah. I mean? Making money is interesting. So I feel like, <laughs> right? so I feel like we all like it's needed. That passion part is needed, but unfortunately, I'm fun. Do, do you guys yeah. know people who don't have passions? I do. I don't. Um. No, I don't really think so. Like, for example, my family. I come from a really large family, and. For the most part, all of my cousins, they have, like, their 9-to-5 jobs. Some are social workers, some are teachers, some, like, are in real estate. But they're all doing something. Like, one of my cousins, she's just starting, like, a dating website. And the other one is, like, she has so many different outlets that she doesn't know which one to pursue. And then I have a cousin who, he's in D.C., but then he also makes, like, high-end um, wood like art pieces that sell for like a thousand dollars and they're like really abstract so it's kind of hard like I don't think I 
do you know anyone that doesn't have some mm-hmm. sort of passion? Whether it be like a creative thing or more of like business is their passion. Like they, they just get a high off of like doing a business or like, I don't know, like right. accounting. It, that's rare to meet someone that loves accounting, but yeah, I don't know anyone who doesn't have like a real passion. Yeah. I think I've met more people who have suppressed passions. Like when I first started uh, dating my girlfriend, she's like uh, she's in the finance, went to business school, like Ivy League business school. She's super smart. Um, and she definitely had stuff that she wanted to do. Uh, but the line of work is just so strenuous and like stressful that it's time is a premium. So like I kind of brought I was like her, you know like, like her weird Zach Morris in a way. It's like I had no no structure. And then she brought that to me. But then the whole idea of like being able to find more of a life or more purpose. At least I want to say that I kind of <laughs> brought that to the area. But I do find people who like it would take eight questions in, in my own family mostly. But people I know who really do have something that they would do. That's a good point. But yeah. a lot of them just won't even tell you. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like yeah. a secret you don't want to talk yeah. about. And it's like, it's like a giant jaw. I like to tap dance. So you know, I'm glad you asked that. It's just, I, I really but the thing is though, most I don't think most people are acting on it for whatever reason. I, I don't know what they could be, but they just yeah. don't follow it at any point in their life. So like 60 or 70 years old. Yeah. So like, add to your point, I also think there are a lot of people, now that I think about it, that don't know what their passion is until someone asks them and someone like repeatedly asks them, like, no, you have to have a passion. Like, what is it? I feel like a lot of people nowadays, because like everyone's just like so focused on like, if you go to college, like, what are you going to do when you go to college? You got to make money, you got to pay your bills, like, you got to pay your student loans. So I feel like a lot of people just forget that type of passion. Like, until the point where someone's like, you have to have a passion, that's when they realize, like, oh, I guess you could call this a passion. Yeah. One, of, one of my biggest fears in life is not discovering a passion that I might have. Because I feel like, you know, we go through this, like, structure in life. You, you grow up, you're introduced to all these new things, you're encouraged to try new things, to do different, different sports, different clubs, stuff like that. And then you graduate college and you get a job and you get such like a routine that you're not actively looking for new things to do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like who knows, like if something you might love, but you've just never done it before, you've never been exposed or like encouraged to do it. And so like you don't know if like that's that could be your passion. That's that's the greatest fear of all time. Yeah. Like I just don't want to get bit by a tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's number two. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think more people more people need that, man. Like when you when you get caught up in that workflow and that's it. Like it just like for for example, let me ask you a question. How many times have you been down on like because like doing my business stuff on the side, like my tech thing that I do? There are times based on what's going on with it where I'm just like, man, I'm just like really down. But with you writing, you love writing, you love music, how many times have you not been able to just do it? Like, where you're just, the heart's not into doing anything. Um, more often for writing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> music, I can just sort of, like, I, I'm big on, like, giving up on songs. <laughs> 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 I have, like, se- like probably... 75 unfinished songs just like sitting on my hard drive wow Wow. just because like I'll start it and then 
I won't get very far. Like I'll write the melody and like have a couple instruments, but like that's it. And I'll save it, and then like I'll re-listen to it the next day, and I'll be like, eh, yeah, I can do better. Yeah, than yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll just start something completely new. So it's it's definitely more so for uh, writing that I, I just sort of. How are you about sharing your stuff with people and then telling people about the stuff you do, especially for beat making? Man, I feel like it's, it used to be the cool thing. But now you're like, oh, these are like, oh, God, like, it's the worst. Well, yeah, so, like, I love sharing stuff with people. I, I don't have any qualms about sharing. Like, I will definitely share stuff with people. Um, but it has to be, like, done. And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Right. I like that. All right. Do you, um, so, like, I have a SoundCloud and everything. Like, people can go listen to this stuff, and, like, I'll send stuff around. Um, but it definitely has to be, like... I have to like have tied the bow, you know. Like, right. This is it. Not going back to it now. Criticism. What's yeah. that? What's, what's what's that like? Criticism. How do you take it? <clears throat> I've never been criticized. Criticism. I I don't feel like people criticize enough. Honestly. Really. Yeah, I feel yeah. like people should be more critical, like. Gentle, but like critical too. I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like you send. I'll send a song to like ten people, and like nine people will be like, "Wow, it's great! Like, nice. Love that you're doing music." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You healthy? Good. And then my, my, you know, my one buddy Jason will be like, "The horns are like way too loud in the chorus, dude." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that sounds terrible. And I'll re-listen. I'll be like, "Yeah, Jason, like, hundred percent. I'm gonna fix that." I actually agree with you because whenever I'm like talking to my friends, like, so what do you think? I always say like, no, tell me like the truth. Don't like tell me like, oh yeah, it's yeah, great. So, like, encourage like, people. Like, I can say that to myself easily. Like, tell me what you really think. So I think you're like definitely right with that. People are, I feel like, are just afraid to tell you the truth, even if it's gonna yeah, hurt like, you. I'll still like you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not the world. What I tend to do is, if I'm working like on my app, I'll just show it to people. Go, what do you think of this? Or like the. When we first started this podcast, I didn't tell anyone it was mine. I just shared it. Uh, and because of that, it's going to skew both ways. Like, there's people who are going to be heavily critical of stuff uh, based on the stuff, the, what, what industry you're in, because you do it. And then there's people who are just going to like it, no matter what you're doing. So, for the most part, I'm just like, oh, tell me, what, 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 what do you think of this? I'm just like, look at them. Because I have friends who, I have a lot of friends who do music. Um, too many friends who do music. <laughs> and the issue is, and I feel like, I don't, I don't know if it's for every music form, but I definitely know rap. Like, your rep means so much that if someone tells you they don't like your song, you have to murder them. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, it's gotta get really, it's just ugly. Yeah. So, yeah. all my friends are like, oh, what do you think of the song? And it's like, oh, this part was cool, but this, well, it was kind of balmy outside. So, then my friend was like, you know, but the haters, anyway, oh, yeah. what do you Just, think about this part? And it's like, well, I can't, ever tell you or they'll just be like well you don't know what you're talking about so it's just so hard for people to well, why do you ask yeah exactly <laughs> that's a tough thing yeah. so I kind of feel like it's you have to have a purpose for the criticism like you gotta yeah. know like why you're asking in the first place what are you gonna do with this information there's definitely know? also like a time for criticism like when you should be like soliciting it and then like a time where you should just be creating yeah like I feel like if you give something to someone too early in the creative process like whatever you're creating if, whether it's a beat or a story or whatever yeah. um it's not your best work. So, like, you should feel like it's, like, good and solid before you give it to someone so that they can take it 
help you take it to another level. Whereas like if I were to spend like an hour on something, be like Joel, how does beat sound? Yeah, it, it okay, would, I hear it would that. Not be like it would not be helpful to me for to for you to criticize it. Yeah. That's an interesting so, point. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you big on? Do you do stuff and then tell people? Do you? My problem is if I'm doing something new, I'm going to tell like my closest friends about it before anything happens. So now, like, um, now people are waiting for something that hasn't happened yet. And if anything comes up on my end, I don't deliver. I just look at jackass. Do you just wait until be it writing sample be is done, 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 and then you're like, hey, check this out? Or are you big on broadcasting? Like what your immediate plans are for what content you have coming out? Yeah, I like I like um, I don't know. It kind of depends, I guess. I definitely have shown people like unfinished beats before. Yeah. Um, it's mostly like I'm done. Like now I can show someone, but some some of them I, I definitely like. If I'm really excited about something, I'll want to show it someone before it's done. Um, but like. If it's not, if I'm not super like into it, then I'll just wait until I am and it's like done, yeah. and then I can show someone. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, how long do you think you can do everything? Work, not even working at this, maybe this specific place, but in general, like work and keep your passions up. Like, is it something that you feel like has a shelf life of its own? One more week. <laughs> One more week. <laughs> Seven days? <laughs> Six. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm good at, like, burning myself out, too. Like, I'll just take on way too many things. Yeah. And then just like, ah, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not good at pacing myself. Um, I get stressed a lot. Um, but it's better to be too busy than not have things going on yeah yeah it's better it's better to be stressed and crazy and busy about like good work like you're good busy yeah okay as opposed to like what do i do today right (laughs) right it's like much better to be stressed about i have way too many passions (laughs) 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 what do you think is your, your biggest blocker right now what can you eliminate maybe from a work standpoint, work ethic, or, like, what do you think you can get rid of that would enable you to do a lot more than what you're doing right now? What I really want to do, um, it was easy in college to meet people who had similar passions. Yeah. It's really hard now to, like, I need a rapper, but, like, where the hell am I going to find a rapper? Yeah. And this is coming from someone who runs a rap blog. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like it's it's hard to meet people who are equally as passionate about um, things that you're into. So yeah. like meeting people, honestly, that's number one. For what, sure. Where do you mean that? Huh? What do you think? Where are these people? Like where? It's where, so hard after college to meet. Right. People. That's like, what like, you know, your built-in so social hard. network is gone. Yeah. It's so weird because we're like being in a city like Boston. There are a ton of people here who do yeah. a ton of stuff, yeah. but it's like Big music scene too. It's with all, yeah. yeah, Berkeley and like all yeah. the colleges and stuff. But it's weird doing it offline like yeah, it yeah. is going out like it's yeah. kind of creepy man yeah, 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 yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of odd like do you just need people to talk to you to interview or just work with collaborate do stuff down the road um, not interview I can find those people definitely but like collaborate 
because that's that's a bigger partnership than sitting down for half an hour and talking about that person. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. So like finding someone to like co-create a beat or like lay vocals on top of something, that's been really hard for me. Um, I've only done it like once or twice since graduating college. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I've created like dozens of beats. Yeah. And I think they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard them, but from what I heard, they're amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would like to do more of that. Nice. You know, we should do something like that here. Like, we, like, talked to... I don't think we've ever officially connected anyone for anything. No. But we've had so many complimentary people on this show. I like, mean, just hearing you talk already, I'm like, yeah. why don't you work with this person here? Yeah, 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 I work with so yeah. many people that... I, I mean, J- yeah. Jamerson and I have, like, um, hung out, and, like, you know, he's uh, shown me his DJ setup, and, like, I've shown him my beats and stuff. Nice. And we have, cool. like, we have common interests, and, like, we've meant to do things... But like even that, like it's hard. To it like, is hard. It really is. Two busy people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trying to carve out some like time in their free time, whatever that is, to like collaborate. collaborate. Yeah. So, what do you think is your dream situation? Yeah. If you had to pick of all your passions, is it doing all of them? Is it being somewhere making beats? For a nice amount of money? Is it working? Is it just having the time to do something on the side? Um, if you can name it, what would that be? Probably would change tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. But today, it's definitely making beats and, like, creating the instrumental, like, underpinning for either vocalists or rappers. Um, my, most of my beats are, like, funk, EDM, or hip-hop. Yeah. Cool. Focused. So, you know, either a rapper or, like, a soul, like, Awesome, man. Cool. That would be my dream. <laughs> Dude, what a... Well, to have my own studio. A lot of natural light. A lot of natural light? Yeah. You gotta have that. You gotta yeah. have it. You gotta Which have we don't have here. Good for some windows. <laughs> yeah. 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 The same color scheme as Skyward. <laughs> <laughs> That's a must. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that could happen. Like, it's, uh, it's... I think the big thing is about the creatives, the people who are creative. A lot of them do have the talent to get to the next level but that's where that other side of your brain comes in, that logical side. It's figuring out the right way to promote, to network, and then get the, get the stuff into the right hands yeah. and then what yeah. to do when you get it there. And I think working will help us all figure that stuff out down the road, as icky as it is and awful as, it's, as it can be sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like it's really plausible. Like, I mean, I've never heard your stuff. I'm sure it's good, but the amount of detail, the amount of work you put into it, it's got to sound... It's got to sound something. Like, it's, like, it's not, you're not one of these. After this, like, after this podcast, <laughs> yeah. we're going to stop this. I'm going to show you. Like, it's terrible, John. It's the worst music I've ever heard. Asked for criticism at the wrong time. <laughs> so, no. I, 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 well, I hope you get there. I hope you find it. I'm kind of envious because you're just happy doing what you're doing, man. And I, I don't think there's a lot of people who can say that. Like, you just get home and go on a keyboard because you like it. You know, like that's like I get home and worry about business because I feel like that's it's got to work. Like you know, what I mean? like I gotta yeah. get yeah. money. You I know, was, I was definitely fortunate to like have an upbringing where it was pounded into me that it's okay to not to, to follow your passion. It's okay to like be yourself, and I'm like super fortunate to have like the family to have supported me like growing up doing that. Yeah. So that that was like that's I guess that's who it's why I am who I am today. Nice. Cool. Well, no, this was a pleasure, man. It, yeah. th- this was well worth the wait. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, awesome. Uh, so before you leave, we, we need to help you network with people if we can. So where are the best ways for people to reach out to you, whether they're a fan of the show or another artist or whatever? Where would you like people to reach out to you? Where can they find your work? Um, yeah, so if you go to John, J-O-N-S-A-S.com, that is my website. So it has all my music and all my writing and my email, resume, everything. John, J-O-N-S-A-S.com. Nice. Cool. All right. Do you, are you big on social? Or? Yeah, I have Twitter, um, at jpopsmusic. Nice. Cool. Um, Facebook, too, jpopsbeats. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm, LinkedIn, I'm not J-Pops. Jonathan Simmons the fourth. I am Jonathan Simmons the twelfth. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. And so everyone who listened, uh, if you didn't catch that, we're going to link all of John's information onto our website. It'll be right underneath the episode itself with a nice little blurb about him. So please reach out to this gentleman if you want to work or learn more about him in the future or just read his work. Um, so before we go, I want to thank you guys for joining us again. Um, for those who do want to see John's episode or what we got going on, feel free to go to our website, moonlightersclub.com. We redid it through Squarespace. Uh, yeah. It's not amazing. It's pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. I, I, it, it, it's it's <laughs> a, 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 for a podcast. Like it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or a Facebook page. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Facebook slash Moonlighters Club, the Moonlighters Club. One of those. Yeah. Uh, Twitter <laughs> at Club Moonlighter is where we are on Twitter. And yeah, we're all over the place. iTunes, yep. Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, our podcast yeah. yeah. So feel free to reach out to us if you guys want to learn more about the people who've been on our show. Our goal is to help them reach their dreams, and you guys can help us do that. Um, or if you know anyone who could be a guest on the show, please reach out to us and email us. We're always looking for people who want to follow passions or just talk about them with us. Um, email us at moonlightersclub uh, at gmail.com so thank you again for joining us thank you John thanks John it was thank a you pleasure. guys thank you alright we're gonna have to see you guys next time yeah. goodbye bye <laughs>